How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? This is Christian with the Liberty After Dark podcast. Uh, we're going to bring you a three-parter series this time. I know we just did a three-parter in the last episode, but I promised I wouldn't do this again. But This is a, a four-hour, roughly, uh, episode altogether. So we did a poll in the community group, which if you want to be a part of that, go ahead and find the main Liberty After Dark Facebook page, and then there should be a community group tab on there for you to be able to join and interact in voting and seeing kind of the direction and updates for the show. Uh, the the consensus was pretty universal, so we're going to go ahead and chop this up into three parts just to make it easier to consume, each coinciding with a break that we had. We had uh, Brian and Derek on. Derek's a brand new guest. Brian's been on the live show before, but this will be his first time on the recording. So uh, it was a lot of great conversation to be had. This first part is primarily over guns and gun control. Um, as you'll see, we kind of have a diversity of opinions here. We agree on a lot, but we also have our things that we disagree on. So it's a lot of good conversation. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Please stick around to the end. Let's give your introduction again, Derek. Go ahead and take the wheels, man. Sure. Uh, so I'm Derek. I'm uh, from Franklin, Massachusetts. I'm a good friend of Brian's and just uh, recently met Christian, decided to come on the podcast. Um, so I describe myself as a progressive. Um, earlier in my life, I'd say probably halfway through high school, I sort of leaned libertarian. I can actually remember Ron Paul being the first presidential candidate I really uh, felt passionate about. Uh, but since then, my views have changed a little bit. And um, I'd say, um, yeah, I, I put myself more in the progressive camp politically. Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know you, B. Ryan, I know you've only been on a couple times. So just this is my third time. I thir think. Third time now. Yeah. yeah. So just go ahead and introduce yourself for the lovely public. Um, B. Ryan, like Derek said, me and him have been buddies for quite some time. Uh, yeah, I think I've fully been indoctrinated into the libertarian camp. Um, That's what we do, baby. Yeah. One, one person at a time. I think most of my opinions <laughs> aligned with it. It was more I hadn't been exposed to it enough. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you, you can't, you know, you can't know if you like the outdoors if you didn't know it existed, right? Yeah, exactly. You can't know if you don't like butt stuff if you're... Unless you don't If you your don't uncle doesn't force it on you. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But, uh, yeah. So, let's have a good fucking show. Uh, yeah, and then I'm here, and I'm the ANCAP ideologue, so that's always fun. Uh, you know, I'm sure if you've seen this stream before, you know what I believe, or at least you have a pretty good idea. And we are going to have some fantastic conversations today. I have set out a list of topics. We are not only, uh, required to talk about these things. Um, we, uh, they're just things I put out there before the show so that we could, if we wanted to pick up a little bit of material on them. And, uh, I don't think, oh, you did get it because it was in the group chat. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think one that is going to start us off on a really strong note with conversation is probably going to be this uh, congressional bill that passed for universal background checks on the sale of guns. So, Brian, are you aware of this? Yes. Okay. So, for anybody who doesn't know, who's never heard of this, the bill passed through the House. And essentially what it is is that any weapons purchase, any weapons purchase is going to have a background check associated with it, including private sales of firearms. Um, if you don't get a background check when you're doing a private sale, uh, the ATF is going to come kick your door down. So, Brian, what do you think about this? It passed with a pretty pretty good majority. It was not a it was there was bipartisan effort on this. I would say. Uh, um, 
I don't really have a direct problem with it. I mean, I don't know. It does concern me. I don't know. You sell a shotgun to your neighbor Bob and ATF comes fucking busting down your door and fucking shooting your dog. I don't know. It does raise possible problems for sure. Although, I think... I don't know. I don't want to say necessary evil, but... Oof. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's a dirty uh, one. <laughs> that's a... I don't know. I think... I think it definitely puts them in a position that they could possibly abuse their powers, but at the same time, it could prevent people, the wrong hands, receiving weapons at the same time. So, I don't know. I think there's good and bad to it. I think overall, besides the the uh, private sale, I think it's very good. I think there should be background checks. I think we should treat firearms more like vehicles in our country, where it's like we go through this process... This long fucking process to be able to use these vehicles, yet right. there's no training that goes into firearms. Yeah, you don't even have to take a test. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that point because from my perspective, I think the background check is like a step in the right direction, but I'm not sure that it'll be all that effective at really stopping gun violence unless you have something like a licensing system. Which, as you alluded to with cars, we already do this. Like, you need to get good training. You have to get a permit, so to speak. Um, with firearms, I think that'd be something that could actually curb gun violence. And they've had uh, some studies where Missouri, they got rid of the licensing program. Uh, homicide deaths went up. Suicide deaths by firearm, that is, went up. Whereas in Connecticut, they implemented a licensing system. And the uh, firearm deaths actually went down and suicide rates went down by firearm. Um, so I, I think at face value, it's not going to be able to do much, just the background checks. But I think if you have a good system of accountability with a licensing program, something like that, it could eventually start to curb gun violence. But we'll have to see. Okay, so um, I'm going to be <laughs> that guy and say... <laughs> What in the goddamn no? Uh, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid the gut reaction. I'm gonna avoid the re government reaction that I just like you know can can get into sometimes. Um, but and I'm gonna give my my two cents as to why I'm not okay with this. Um, so let's say let, let, we're gonna craft a hypothetical here, and it probably isn't even really that necessary to draft what I'm trying to say here, but I think it maybe will help for anybody who doesn't, you know, understand where I'm coming from. But let's, let's say we put ourselves in this position to where we pass this and, uh, you know, you and you and your dad, you know, or exchange firearms or you sell a firearm to a buddy or something like that. And word gets out because people talk about guns now and people talk about guns to the authorities, especially with things that red, like red flag laws and stuff like that have passed. It's not about minding your own business anymore, um, which, you know, to an extent is understandable, especially when it's a case when you're trying to keep your community safe and stuff like that. I can get that. But at the same time, you know, uh, it can be abused. So I would hate for a situation to where people who are already dying under these red flag laws to come up in a similar way for people who aren't uh, properly exchanging weapons. And uh, that seems like a pretty shitty way for good people to get hurt. Uh, people who would have otherwise not be anything close to a menace to society. I think uh, 
we a lot of times, because of the rate of shootings in the U.S., which there are a lot of them, uh, out of the 330 million people that we have in the U.S., uh, there there's there's going to it's a big population with more guns than there are people. There's going to be lots of shootings. I think we've all, especially in the last decade, kind of accepted that. Unfortunately, Somewhere. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a it's a consequence of the state of of the way that, of the union, if you want to put it that way. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't see how this is going to. I haven't seen any kind of of backing or uh, statistics corroborating that this is going to have a a the desirable impact, right? Because even in the cases where background checks well, are I'll, okay, go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. Sorry, sorry, cut off. No, um, that's all right. I can kind of bad now, but um, yeah, I agree. Like by itself, a universal background check bill isn't going to do anything. I think the intentions are pure in trying to like close some of the gun show loopholes. Like, there's not much accountability if someone can just walk into a gun show and just buy a weapon without any sort of mental checks or criminal record or whatnot. Um, but well, that's why I I brought up the licensing part of it because. It, uh, from what I've read on the data, the only time that the background check bills do work is when they're used in licensing program. Um, and, and you're right that there is sort of a gray area where, like, if you were to loan a gun for your relative to go hunting or to gift one, that could run into some troubled areas, I think, with law enforcement. And that would have to be ironed out. And the specifics of that would need to be improved, I think. But I think most Americans do support something like this. And like, I think when Obama tried to do it, it pulled at like 90%. Like, I think it's just like, they call it common sense background checks. Yeah, like common it sense control all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And I actually like, I'm someone on the left who I actually don't know if something like an assault weapons ban is even a good option or viable path for reform to stop gun violence, especially when most uh, homicides aren't committed with an assault weapon as they call it but um so that's why i think a licensing program coupled with a background checks is a good first start because it could actually create some sense of accountability and prevent people that have no business owning a firearm uh obtaining them so um i don't have any issue with Let's say, okay, so I, I know this is, uh, just to give you a perspective of why I, I, dis, I, I continue to disagree with this, I wouldn't have any issue if the gun store, and every gun store in America was a part of like the gun, gun store federation, and they all said like, you know what, we need to come together and we need to institute background checks, right? And they, as the establishments which sell these things, do perform their background checks however it may be, or they only, you know, allow this or that or whatever. My issue is when the centralized authority with the means to violate my nap and other people's naps, non-aggression principle, um, you know, is the one pushing these out. And it's, uh, we've already pretty much demonstrated that the representative body that we have in the Republic that we have today is not, it's a, you know, it's not as bad as it would be in a democracy, but it is still a, just one majority over another majority it always has been always will be that's that's the power of a representative body but we uh we're always just squishing someone else's opinion and uh in a lot of times it doesn't matter whatever you can squash a wrong opinion as much as you'd like but at the same time when it comes to things when we're talking like rights especially like second amendment rights 
if you aren't comfortable being around weapons, like I'm, I'm not you necessarily, but whoever, you know, XYZ person isn't comfortable being around weapons. I can't tell them that they like have to buy one or they have to even tolerate living next to someone who owns them or that they have to, you know, be okay with, with me and Brian or whoever owning an AK 47, for example. But I also don't think that their discomfort gives them the right to limit someone's liberties based off of, I mean, what it's, what most times isn't even a suspicion. It's just a fear. You know, this is how we got like the Patriot Act. It's like a fear. It was a fear that ever anybody could be a terrorist. And so now we have the TSA filling out your cavities every time you try to get on an airplane. And is that a warranted response? I'm not going to bomb anybody. But how how do I, how am I supposed to project that to society? You know how how is anybody going to believe me who's who's bought this fear act? I could own a freaking RPG. Give me a Mick Nuke. I'm not going to use it on anybody because that's that's fucked. But obviously there are people in the world who would. So we have to we have to come up with a system to where we can well, people can be free and have their liberties without being punished for something they haven't and never will do. I think one side of the the whole shooting topic that I don't know isn't talked about about talked about enough I should say is uh just like an avenue for people to get their mental health right like there's really I feel like there's not I don't know uh, a good enough way for these people to go where they I don't know can actually speak freely other than like a private therapist that you pay out of pocket for. And right. I, I think that's the bigger issue. Like, it's like, well, I mean, yeah. if they didn't have guns, what are they? They could, they'll pick up a machete and walk into a school. They'll drive so, a fucking yeah. truck it, into a crowd of kids. You know, they're going to find a way to cause damage. Definitely. Yeah. I think people kind of liberals and conservatives do miss the point on that issue. They'll be, the, the right will say, oh, it's just a mental health thing. Or the left will say it's a gun thing. When in reality, it's, it's kind of both. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. If, if you're not addressing the mental health component of it, it doesn't matter if someone's gonna grab a like thirty round magazine gun and walk into a school, or if they're gonna, you know, kill their family members or something. Like they're still going to do something violent if they're not addressed. Uh, if there's no mental health treatment, uh, at the same time, accessibility to dangerous weapons makes the outcomes a lot more horrific. Like. I mean, just the last 10 years in this country, we've seen that outcome happen over and over. Yeah. So uh, it has to be a balancing act, I think. So, I mean, this this also comes back to when people talk about – we talk about gun – the history of gun violence in the U.S., right? And people are like, oh, man, like, you know, AR-15, like, we, it kills all these people. Like, the average shooting with an AR-15 kills, like, I think it's like two people, which is a big deal because most are, aren't above one. Which also kind of shows you how there's so few AR-15 shootings that they're all almost a group or mass shooting. Um, but the the biggest thing here is that I think a lot of people forget, and we have data that supports and backs this. Granted, we did change it, so I'm not going to, you know, but there was a time and a long time in American history when we had fully automatic weapons all around the streets, and we had hundreds of thousands of them. Uh, you know, this is like, this is, we're talking about back in the, back in, I think this was the sixties before they instituted the ban in the seventies for uh, fully automatic weapons. And, uh, you know, they were just all around. You could, you could buy them in the magazines. My, my grandfather has a magazine to where he bought a, uh, a, a fully automatic, uh, 
sub basically like it's a little submachine gun in there and that he totally lost in a boating accident. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's grandfathered in, obviously it's a joke, but, uh, it's not like the AR 15 popped up and it's like, Oh my God, all of a sudden there's this massive weapon of destruction available for people to murder each other with these weapons have always existed. And usually and more powerful or more uh, deadly weapon has existed in its place. And there's a disconnect somewhere to where when fully automatic weapons were available, you didn't have someone going into a school and shooting them up every week. And now to where we have a less powerful weapon available and potentially more of them, uh, I would say probably we have probably, you know, more AR-15s than we did all of the fully automatic weapons back then and more people. But so something has changed. Something has changed, yeah. obviously. I think it's kind of coming to a head, though, and, like, like you you brought up assault weapons. Like, Bill Clinton tried to ban assault weapons in the 90s. It virtually had no effect on reducing gun violence. So, like, I, I kind of, I'm with you in the sense that guns have been a part of America for a while, but I also think that, like I kind of brought up before, I think the issue is the accessibility of weapons. Like, you look at what happened in the Parkland shooting, that kid wasn't even 21 years old, can just walk into a store and buy a gun with very few checks on that. And good, like who knows what they're going to do with it once they obtain them. I think there just needs to be a better system of accountability. We do this with cars. You can't just like get no training and no safety procedures learned before you get a car. Uh, so I don't see why having a licensing system with a gun isn't something that should be implemented. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's not like a driver's license keeps you from being a shitty driver and T-boning someone. Sure. But you know? there'd be way more shitty sure. drivers if you didn't have it. You think so? Honestly? You think, if, you think if people, you could give anyone a license to drive a car, that there wouldn't be more accidents? You pretty much can get a license were, with a minimal no amount of effort. Against speeding, or there were no laws against turning without a blinker, rolling a stop sign, running a red light, that there'd be less accidents. No, well, okay. I mean, I, I'm now we're, we're incorporating more things into there than that, but I, I, you know, the, the licensing, you know, like for guns, like there's accidents and and it's not just people walking into a school or shooting a loved one or something like there are toddlers getting killed every year. And a lot of it's just a lack of gun safety. Yeah. And I think countries do do it better. And I, I think Canada has a program. I could be wrong about this where, there's some level of mandatory training with a firearm. I think if we want to improve like the statistics for gun violence, a huge part of that has to be the gun culture and some of the training that we get with safety in particular, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, another big cause of deaths by gun. Uh, I think it's the second largest or it is the largest. I don't know if it's above <laughs> homicides. I think for handguns specifically, it's, it's above homicides, but it's suicides. Oh. Um, yeah. it's like 90% of suicides by gun are by males. And I think it's like 50 or 60% of deaths in the U S by a handgun or suicides, um, which is above the next highest, which is like either 30 or 40% for homicides. One of the two, and then everything else pretty much comprises the 10%, uh, like accidental discharges and stuff like that. Um, but so obviously when we're talking about stuff like this, we're targeting homicides. Okay, so even if you get a background check, all that stuff, that's great. Okay, but if I have a bad day and I will come home and I decide I'm done, I've already got it. A background check isn't going to stop me. Now you could say it could potentially. Yeah, needs to be 
account. I, I have a hard time understanding, and maybe this is just ignorance, how a like a mental check could be done unless you had to go see like a psychiatrist or something like that. Um, it would be difficult, but it, it is an open question too. Like if somebody it all of a sudden goes from being perfectly lucid and perfectly normal human being to a year later, their diagnosis is like clinically psychotic or whatever. I don't know if that's a real diagnosis, but yeah, yeah like a bipolar point, schizophrenic type yeah. situation. So, yeah, point being, they're clearly mentally ill. Is the government then entitled to confiscate that weapon to protect other people? Well, True. And then what, what governs one person to decide who can and can't and then, own a weapon? And if you don't do it, it's too late and you get another massacre, another tragedy, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, it's it's a scary world out there. I, I don't uh, I don't claim that it isn't that, that we're living in some rainbow society. It's I I truly hate the fact that we have people who abuse the liberties that we are given for heinous reasons. Um, I, I wish we could all live in a society where we could all defend our you know our giant weed plantations with our <laughs> gay neighbors with our AK forty sevens and you know. That would just be paradise to me. But uh, people abuse systems. People abuse power when they can get it, and they abuse liberties. I My biggest goal, whenever I look at some piece of legislation that's being put forward, is I ask how many people who are innocent uh, Americans who have never and will probably never do anything wrong are going to be punished because of it. So this, I'll be honest with you, the second this whole this whole issue with the actual passing of the bill is definitely uh, not the end of the world for gun owners. Uh, like like we've talked about this whole time, this is a preface to something bigger in the future, or we've sort of been alluding to. Um, they know it's not going to fix anything. We're not changing the way that the system works. We're just increasing the scope of the background checks and. What was it? The uh, Aurora, uh, the guy who, sh who uh, the Aurora movie theater shooter. Oh, uh, yeah. He failed, or he he got through like three background checks to buy all of his stuff. Perfect, pass him. No, no big deal. No, not a blip on on any of his record or anything to suggest that he wouldn't be able to get the firearms and and everything else associated with it. And then, well, what did he do? He he shot up a freaking movie theater. So. You know, again, and, and you're right, like there's going to be some wag job out there who's going to try to pass a background check who 100% could be a shooter and then he'll fail it and he won't be able to get his weapon or whatever and uh, something like that happens. But, you know, I, I always have to ask, like I, I can just think, you know, I'm from Texas. I can think of like two, three dozen people who could want to go buy a gun after this passes who would probably, I'm pretty confident, would never shoot anybody out of, out of you know, rage who understand weapons who respect weapons, who taught me how to use weapons, who would be negatively, their liberties would be negatively impacted by this. So that's something. Well, that I sure. I don't think it's meant to target responsible gun owners, though. I think it's to prevent people who may be responsible in the first place from even getting them. Yeah. So then the real question is, is it where is this going? Because I feel like that's where we actually start running into issues. Right now, so it's an inconvenience. Like, are you worried there's going to be a slippery slope where... I don't know. First, it's background check, then assault weapons ban, then gun buyback, and some slippery slope. Eventually, Second Amendment repealed or something like that. Because I don't think 
I think some people on the left do make a mistake of ignoring the talking points of people on the right, but at the same time, there's also a lot of right-wing hysteria, and I think people are kind of, we're just talking past each other a lot of the time, and we're not doing anything after every massacre happens, or let alone the statistics that come out of inner cities like Chicago, for, for instance. So I think I think we need to do something. I think it's a good first step, but I don't know if I agree with the fact that it'd be a slippery slope or not. Um, I think there's enough rhetoric and language out there. I mean, just look at the biggest front-running candidates for the Democratic Party at this point. Like, there's g gun control is not something that's just right-wing hysteria. You know, it's it's not just something that's. And I trust me, I get it. The Republicans go fucking crazy with the hysteria sometimes. But uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't think that this bill is the end of the world for Second Amendment rights. I really don't. But I always have to ask the question, well, when this doesn't work and we say, OK, well, we tried that. It didn't work. You know, well, that my work. What do we do aggressive. next? It's not going to work on its own. I don't think it, it won't. I think we've that's kind of why, reached that opinion here. You know, that's why I come back to the licensing thing, because I was actually talking to Brian about this the other day. Like, you have inner cities like Chicago where uh, pretty strict gun laws, and they're still obtaining firearms, but most of that comes from surrounding states where they have lax gun laws. So I feel like in, in a, the union that we have, there's 50 states and 50 different sets of laws for guns. You're going to end up with some pretty bad outcomes. Like, people are just going to sell them. There's no way to track it. And the easy accessibility of guns means that a lot of bad actors are just going to look the other way when people who shouldn't get guns do get them yeah and i mean then there's also the argument that it's like no matter how many i don't know safety nets you you put up you're not going to prevent the guy who just goes and gets a gun on the black market anyways sure yeah, but these things don't happen in other countries around the world like the gun deaths in i don't know other industrialized first world countries are a lot lower than they are in the united states and that's not an accident well yeah i mean let's look at japan right japan has like six gun homicides if you don't count police which i think should be included in those statistics but they have like six gun homicides a year or something like that it's like less than double digits it's like six or nine or some crazy crap like that you know most most deaths by homicide are just assaults with a, a weapon, assault and battery or something, you know, assault with a deadly weapon or something like that. Um, it's so there is a direct correlation to guns pretty much just not existing in Japan for all intents and purposes, unless you're a military or a cop. And uh, even then you don't get to take it home with you. It stays at work and you know, you don't take it off duty as a cop and uh, that's pretty much it. So I, I, I had the numbers somewhere. I, I could look it up, but I, the number of guns in Japan that are like in the citizenry is ridiculously low. Hunting isn't a big thing in Japan. Hasn't been in a long time. Uh, there, there isn't as much open land to hunt on first off. And I don't think there's any public hunting grounds in Japan anymore. Uh, so everything you have to do is on a lease there. Uh, there isn't much to hunt besides like birds and other type of creatures like that. But we also have, uh, I mean, I mean, we have the most guns per capita in the entire world by a long, a huge margin. We're like quadruple the next one. And it's like somewhere in South America, 
You know, <laughs> well, yeah, and there's always that joke fact. What's the largest like military or ununiformed military in the world? And it's American citizens behind every blade of grass. You know, I mean, that's yeah. a super famous quote for a reason because uh, it's it was true in the 1940s and it's true now. Um, so, I, you know, I, so let, let's create the let's create the scenario here where we we wanted to create a system that as quickly as possible minimize as much gun violence as possible uh we'd have to do a buyback we'd have to do a national level buyback right i think we can we'd have to get rid of 80 percent lowers which i don't know how big you are into guns but that's basically a way to get an, a lower for an ar-15 that has no serial number it's not tracked and then you can buy all the rest of the pieces of it slap it on there and since the lower is the only thing that the atf cares about that's the actual gun as they say uh, you know, you, you got an AR-15 just like that. It's a lot more work. It's not easy, but you can, you don't need a background check for that. You know, soon 3d printing, you know, we can already print some, they don't work really. Yeah. These <laughs> fucking melt after what? Like less one, than half a mag. Yeah. Some of them explode on the first shot, you know, but the, the point is, is that we're getting, we're getting to a point where it's getting, it's getting, it's just going to get harder as time goes on to enforce these things. Uh, so, I mean, fuck, man. Like, just the 80% lowers on their own. They're going to get harder to enforce, or it's going to get harder to stop gun violence in general. I think probably both. Probably. I, feel like I feel like there's other countries who have the problem of gun violence managed way better than us. And for us, I think it's somewhat of a cultural thing. Like, I, we have the Second Amendment, and I have no problem with people owning firearms. But I think we're kidding ourselves if we say that we don't have a problem because of how many guns we have in America. Like it just no, I think it's directly correlated. I do. I am. I'm not suggesting. That's why I brought it up to begin with, because I think I think you're right. You know, I mean, this isn't a comment on my access to those firearms. This is just a general comment that if you have 500 million firearms in a in a country, I mean, right. like you, you just walk around and you just stumble upon like, oh look, I found a Glock. You know, it's like it's just that's basically how it is. Um, I don't know a household growing up that didn't have a gun and all it takes is for somebody to piss off the wrong person on the wrong day and you got a gun homicide, you know, it's, it's, especially when you have that power, it's a big power thing. That's what it is. It gives you so, power. Yeah. I don't think America is safer for having that many guns too, which I think is the argument people would make. Oh, it's personal safety, but I'm not sure that that correlates that way per se. I'm not saying you shouldn't have the right to defend yeah. yourself. You absolutely should, but there's clearly some gray areas that get overlooked, I think. True, and I would agree that, like, sure, personal safety, I don't know, might, most likely is not as safe with the amount of guns, as far as, obviously, like, the violence can be escalated much faster in those situations, but, I mean, I think it's just a staple of being, of what America is, that it's, we want these weapons to stop a tyrannical government that tries to like take us down and sure you could always argue that like oh the military has fucking jets and tanks but it's like god damn if you're fucking held up in your house with a fucking ar versus just a fucking little pea shooter it's gonna make a big fucking difference then if you have whole towns i but it's no i think you're right that that if tyranny did come to this country we'd have to resist it and the Second Amendment would, without a doubt, be a part of that. But 
I think that it's almost too late if we get to that point, and I think we would get to that point if we allow the rule of law to erode, not if we repeal the Second Amendment or something like that. Not that we should repeal it, but I, the point is, like, institutions are what prevent tyranny, not guns. Like, you can't go up against... That's... that's not gun, that's, guns on their own aren't going to stop a modern military. I don't, I don't care. I don't care about that last point. That's fine. I, I think that the first claim there, the institutions are are what prevent tyranny. Is I don't. I don't. I don't know if I could uh, stand behind that statement, man. I mean, that's, that's an accumulation of power is what generates tyranny. Uh, so I mean, I get maybe it's just two different ways of looking at the same the framework of the Constitution, though, is designed to prevent one faction from dominating any other completely yeah it's to mitigate that but what like bill of rights and just the articles in the constitution in general are supposed to be a bulwark against tyranny but if those get eroded then there's no like there's no it's already too late at that point to prevent it yeah i mean well the bill of rights let's be honest no one cares about it except for the first two anymore which really sucks the Fifth um, Amendment doesn't matter. The Tenth Amendment, states' rights, that doesn't matter. No, no one cares about that crap anymore. Yeah, they do. American citizens do not care about that anymore. They like to pretend that they do. The question of legalization on pot right now is very much a Tenth Amendment question. It the should Fifth have Amendment, to be a Tenth Amendment Fifth question, Amendment, though. People's right to a speedy trial. The Fourth Amendment has to do with the Patriot Act. We don't like that. If, if, so, okay, right to a speedy trial, right? You think that you think that that's that's what's going on right now? Have you looked at our at our justice I'm not system? Saying you're, you're <laughs> great, I'm saying. Well, but that's still like a central point of having the Bill of Rights. If you don't have that, then yeah, can it can just, be abused, right? I get that. I, I understand. I'm not saying that the Bill of Rights existing is a bad thing. I think the Bill of Rights is probably the best part of the Constitution. If I'm going to be completely right. honest with you, um, I do agree that the first and the second are the most talked about right now. But yeah, I mean, the others do, and they're still they're still going to be relevant for all time. I think the Fourteenth Amendment gets trampled on the regular. You know, I mean, it, it, like this whole asset for, civil asset forfeiture thing. Like, I know what the Supreme Court went through in. You know, they did their their whole uh, decree about it where they were like, ah, you know, it can't be over the penalty of the crime is what I think it was. But some of these crimes mm -hmm. have stupid, ridiculous penalties anyways. So it's like yeah. you can have, you know, $150,000 or six months in jail. And it's like, oh, OK, you can just like take my house or I sit in a, in a cell in a cage for six months. Like, uh, And they're also like the private prison lobby right now they have a lot of power and there are people that are working basically slave wages because of a technicality with the 14th amendment and yeah. that's not really about that much yeah and the it's fact that the country that stands for fucking freedom has that going on it is fucking disgusting yeah just even the fact that we incarcerate more people than fucking china who has <laughs> population and is an authoritarian state is mind-blowing yeah, so honestly. we need to get back to actually a large part of that's the war on drugs too, which God. again we probably agree with yeah. a lot on don't, that. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, we could, <laughs> we could talk about the war yeah. on drugs for hours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, th I think we'd agree on that more than definitely guns. That's oh, kind of why I wanted to start on guns. If I'm yeah. gonna be a little honest with you, because I knew that would be a place where we had some friction, keep oh, things yeah. interesting, but. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't think I'd like to say that I think sometimes I do a bad job of conveying this. I don't think anybody on any side is sitting there like, oh, how do we disarm the American people? <laughs> Everybody has what they believe to be their best intentions in mind. OK, I can sympathize and I can understand 
why someone would say something like, we need an assault weapons ban. Like if I'm like, you know what, AR-15s kill a lot of people at one time. You know, having 30 rounds in a magazine is powerful. It's scary. It is. Yeah. It I, is an open question. Like, should a citizen be allowed to, you know, even if you get rid of something, you allow for bomb stocks or whatever. Like, the, th- the one that happened in Vegas was just horrific. Yeah, like, that was worst, like, ultimate yeah, worst case scenario. Magazines, that is just... One person probably should not have that much power in any society. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like... To be able to just snuff out that many people's lives, like, it should be a lot harder to do that. Yeah, I was deployed when that happened. That was super fucked. Uh, com- just coming into work one day and then getting news updates on my phone, and it's like, oh, a bunch of people are dying. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. I-, I love this. This is so much fun. Yeah, and that that hit even more home with me because I was with my buddy in Texaco, and he's from Vegas, and, like, he's getting hit up from people whose brothers and sisters were at the concert. Yeah, my cousin like, was in Vegas that's... times, and I had, uh, I think an alumni from my school actually died in it. Yeah, so, I mean... Uh, gun violence touches a lot of communities, and I don't know, there's a lot, I, I do think people get emotional about it and want a clear-cut, quick solution, and aren't acknowledging the nuances of it and the difficulties of actually preventing it, but I don't know, I think it just starts with an open conversation about gun ownership and public safety in general so it's a hard, it's a hard topic people people get butt hurt about it there's no other way to put it like maximum butt hurt like yeah, yeah. i know plenty of people who if, if we were you know if, if some if one of them was in your position or one of them was in my position probably would have just shut down the conversation by this point because they get oh, I, yeah they, they get a lot <laughs> each other on both ends of the spectrum politically but i don't know like it needs to be talked about. It's it's something that's very pressing and very real for people right now. And I don't know. I can understand why a lot of people get whipped up into a frenzy about it. But yeah, I, I mean, know. it's I've 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 come to the like like I kind of started this all with. I don't I don't think that anybody's sitting there like we have to disarm the American people so that we can take over the government and make it you know freaking Russia communist Russia or something. No one, no one's sitting, you know, Dr. Eviling up in their chair as people have good intentions with this. So I try not to be a dick about it and be like, Oh no, yeah. you're trying to like ruin my life because you hate freedom. Like that's, that's not the case. That's I think like um, the ultimate straw man. I think I brought this point up to Brian that I think it was, it was a while ago at this point, but I think it's the Swiss that almost everyone owns a weapon in Switzerland. Oh but, yeah, they're all focused on like national defense and yeah, but and so that's almost a good analogy for America. Obviously, a way smaller population size, and less complexity to it, but they have much more strict rules about what they do with their guns, and and a lot of that is just the culture of it too. Like you're not having like as many toddlers or whatever, actually, someone getting maimed or. Uh, suicides, homicides, whatnot, because the culture is better, and I think the laws too are a little better. But did you guys see that picture? Think, oh, sorry, I thought you were finished. You can keep no, going. No, no, I'm done. I was just saying, did you see that picture of? I I don't know if they were dating or girlfriend, boy, why it could be his wife for all I know. But he's got his gun, and he's he's got the gun in her mouth, finger on the oh. trigger with a magazine in, and what she's she's like fuck? got her mouth over the barrel, like. 
That's how, yeah. How fucking stupid do you? Sorry, I'm just gonna go full insult here. Like I'm going no, straight yeah. to the ad hominems. How dumb do you have to be to put yourself in that situation? Like guns. Kill I would people, hope Brian. it was loaded. I hope it was for props. But either way, like what? What were you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the biggest lessons in fucking firearm safety is treat every weapon as a loaded weapon. Don't yeah. point it at anything unless you plan to shoot it. Yeah. You know, you God, <laughs> are fucking retarded, dude. Yeah, it's... Uh, I want to make a point on, before we move off the topic, but especially situations like the Vegas shooting, I think it brings up an argument that agencies, which I don't know all the ins and outs of, but it's supposedly their their responsibility, such as the ATF and the FBI, that are clearly not doing a good enough job tracking these people to prevent these sorts of things. Like, especially when people, I'm not sure if the Vegas guy specifically, but I've definitely heard in other instances where this dude was flagged and he's ha- they've had him flagged for X amount of years or months and yeah, nothing's Orlando. done. Yeah, Orlando. And then even the guy Joe Rogan talked about in his special that, like, he had all these weapons, but then he just, like, charges the White House with a fucking knife over <laughs> yeah. the lawn. It's like, wait, wait, our our government agencies, like, knew about this guy and they did fucking nothing? Like, clearly, clearly there's... It's too late. Yeah. Which I feel like situations like that, it should almost be like a... I don't know, like a tick against your funding, almost. It's like you're clearly not using all this taxpayer money properly. <laughs> hey, it's an incentive system. You uh, know, I'm not saying obviously you would have to very strictly put that out there, or else it would just be making and breaking new agencies every fucking five years. Well, let's look at the the shooter in California, not the church shooter, the one right before him. I can't even remember his name, but he was uh, an extremist, uh, and he had purchased an ar-15 and a bunch of ammo who's asking shady questions uh i don't think the uh the authorities came to the gun store after that asked him some questions about the guy they're like did you sell him a gun what did he ask for blah blah blah. he's like don't tell anybody about this kind of thing super secret squirrel shit and you know they had been tracking him by the time all the information came out they'd been tracking him for like three years or something it's in like a he's like a potential you know uh I don't know. With my anti-government rhetoric, rhetoric, I'm probably on a list too. But the, uh, <laughs> you know, I, you know, being being, they've been tracking him for years, and their argument was, well, we thought he might have been a part of a cell, so we didn't want to bust him. We didn't want to go in and just pick him up or mm-hmm. you know get him on what we had him for, uh, because there was a chance he was in some kind of a a cell. You know, like a not, not wasn't like, he motivated by like jihadist videos or something like that like some online messaging boards like i i could be mistaken but i think he was like recruited by people to carry out the shooting or something uh yeah so he was like that that's how it all started is that he he was speaking online pretty openly about s- some stuff like this and he got flagged and then uh a, a group not associated with his region or anything pretty much picked him up and and force fed him this ideology and he went buku crazy with it i don't know gave him a purpose or something maybe uh yeah just went total whack job with it and so they they watched him go through this spiral of madness over the years and acquire weapons and acquire ammunition and stuff like that and they didn't do anything about it they didn't put him on a no-fly list or anything like that uh which back when i was more of a statist i was like okay if, if we have enough information that you're being like on 
put on a watch list by a federal organization, I think a no-fly list is probably a pretty smart move. <laughs> Honestly, like if we're talking this level, but I also understand the argument when they say, well, what if we don't have all the information and he's, you know, a uh, – like he's he's in a sleeper cell or something like that of people just building up weapons to launch an attack, one in a million, one in a billion chance of something like that. But we'd like to know beforehand, right? Uh, but then the question is, it's like, oh, you found out he's in a a cell of 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 jihadists in America, or or just crazy, you know? Let's say they're a bunch of a whack jobs, uh, who, you know, trying to start a revolution or something, and you know they're going to put on this big terrorist attack and blow up a building and crap. Uh, and then they find out where the cell is, and then they're like, "Okay, cool, let's watch them for a year and see what happens." And then they get their attack off. Which, you know, I mean, yeah, that's what it's like. At what point do, is it time to intervene? And it seems like a lot of the times they just wait till it's too late. Uh, so yeah. Like no, well, and then there's the privacy question too. But at some point, like if I think if they've made it clear that their intention is to hurt other people, I think that's when you've got a green light to send law enforcement in. Yeah, um, I mean, and, I but, guess it is. It is really a risk reward thing. Like they do end up taking down a whole cell, like a whole right. network versus one guy. I don't know how many lives are they potentially saving. So I can kind of feel for them with that specific instance. But yeah, yeah it's the def- one in a billion. You know, there true, are a lot more true. crazy lone gunmen than there are, you know, networks terrorist networks terrorists yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, I think that is one topic that is pretty, pretty nuanced, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I, I, if, if I was running it and I was given the directive to do whatever, you know, I, I don't think I would be holding as long either. But then you also have to worry about something I brought up is that if I got put on a no-fly list, for example, uh, you could at least do something about it at that point. You know, let's say you're let's say you're you're under suspicion. I don't know. The right set of circumstances hit in their system. The NSA, you know, saw you were like, I don't know, you typed in how to make a bomb on Google and then you bought a gun the next day, you know. You got flagged yeah. in the system, you're being tracked. Uh and then you get put on this no fly list and you go to see Graham Graham, uh, get in your plane, and then they're like, uh, you can't get on this plane, sir, and you figure out you're on a no fly list, you could at least address it at that point. Um Fuck it, may persuade some people to not be terrorists after that. Like, oh yeah. God, they know about me. Like, you know. Either that, or it'd be like, no, they won't even let me see my grandma. Fuck it, I'm coming back to this same airport with my fucking gun I just bought. See, P- Peter brings up a good point here. He says, "Oh, I've only heard of the FBI intervening in time when it was their own entrapment scheme to begin with." Yeah, <laughs> it's you're, you're, you hit yeah. the nail on the head there, man. They they suck at their job, honestly. Um, and I think this is, this kind of goes to a nap, a nap thing. We can look at this from a nap perspective for the libertarians out there who are like, uh, government organizations, credible threats are, you can, you can defend yourself in the nap proportionally through a credible threat, right? So let's say you get a credible threat that someone is going to like blow your house up. You don't just have to sit there and say, well, better, I can't do anything until he steps on my property or blows my house up. You know, if there's, if there's. You, you can't go out and shoot him, obviously, because he hasn't done anything to, to warrant that. But you could take the necessary precautions and steps to prevent something like that happening. You know, and if it escalates, then you got to do what you got to do. But if we're just looking at it from a take everything else out of the equation and look at the nap, which is what a lot of people, especially in caps like myself, 
like to do. Um, you still have justification in there for identifying and then removing people who are going who have the potential to be you know dangerous to other people because uh, at the end of the day no one wants anybody to get hurt i think that's we can all agree on that you know yeah and then even just talking about the guns made me bring up i don't know i thought has like the ethics and morality of our society changed in these past decades to cause all these and oh. and i feel i feel like it has i mean it's more of like a but then we're how has it changed Christian and what, what caused anymore. it? What, what was it? <laughs> so we're, yeah. It's because we're not a good Christian country no more. Yeah, yeah right? Goddamn Muslims. <laughs> is it moral decay that's causing people to do bad things, or is it just people being asleep in law enforcement? That, that was an interesting argument. It's, 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 gen, it's genetic decay. I was like, I heard someone say that. It's bad genes are causing what, people incest? to... No, people are, bad genes are causing people to to go crazier at that's higher rates. And, yeah, it was that was that's an interesting theory. Um, Tough one to defend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think we've pretty much talked guns into a freaking hole at this. Oh, I, yeah. I was gonna say. I, I want to get your your opinion about one more thing. So I think we, we we came to the conclusion. I agree that as far as like on a national society level, having five hundred million guns in a country is not good, but you know, we've also said that we believe in defense. So I don't think it's your one gun necessarily that's a problem. I think 500 million guns is an issue. Um, so do you have any issue with things like concealed carry or anything like that? Um, no, actually. Just because I think the right – ideally the right people will be using concealed carry. Like a veteran who knows how to use it and knows restraint and like to distinguish between – a violent perpetrator or an innocent bystander per se. Um, I'm not so much worried about those people because I don't think that's where a lot of the problems with guns come from. Um, and, and, and I like you can think of scenarios where you would be better off having a former law enforcement official, like a cop or something, who's got a concealed carry permit, being present when an attacker walks in with a knife or a gun or whatever. So I, I don't really have a problem with that per se, I think. But when you look at the macro level of like how we deal with guns, I think that uh, there's still work to be done. And I think government's going to have some role to play in it, but it can't just be government. So Yeah, so, okay. Uh, to, I don't know, I guess piggyback off that. I feel like I agree with your, I agree the same way with concealed carry. One thing I'm against, though, is constitutional carry. And it's against constitutional carry. Yeah, just because, uh, obviously it's kind of anecdotal, but I have a buddy from Oklahoma, and they obviously have constitutional carry, and he just he just spoke about guys who was who it was like it was more of a flex than anything. It was like just to go along with their lifted truck, a fucking gun on their side because they think they're fucking badass. So no, what does no. constitutional carry mean? Like it basically, like a you criminal record carry or something like that or it's essentially the affirmation that the second amendment is your permit to carry yeah so openly you know you can't conceal carry yeah you, you can't you can't conceal it. Can carry fucking former felon former violent felons can well carry. i'm no, sure you can't own a gun if you're a felon so yeah, i think that you still have to be, it out. you still have to be like 
eligible within pretty much all the rest of the law to to own a firearm and you know to to carry it and stuff like that but, but then past that it can be on your hip you can't be intoxicated you know all, all that same stuff that's that's all still the same it's just you don't have to go out and get the permit for open carry which if you in a, if you're in a state that has open carry if you get concealed carry it, it nine times out of ten qualifies as an open carry permit as well like in texas if you get your concealed carry permit you can open carry as well um like arizona typically concealed way. is harder to get yeah it is it is harder to get because right. i think it should be like there should be standards for who can concealed carry yeah 100 so. percent. uh but you know something that's interesting though and this is i think there's like 10 states that do this if you're if you're the military uh you know, we all go through weapons training, right? And that they qualify that as our uh, ability to automatically get a concealed carry permit. So I, I got my concealed carry permit through Texas by just f- sending in a, a, a filled out form, my training certificate, and then mailing it off with a photocopy of my ID. And then I got my concealed carry permit like two weeks later. Hmm. And, is that uh, for every state? No, no. It's like only like 10 states. Okay, but I was going to say. It's not every state. It's, it has to be in their law. But mm-hmm. I know plenty of people who are in the military who went through firearms training who never in their entire lives should be able to own a gun. Because, yeah. So I, I. Yeah. I agree with that. Not, not that they necessarily shouldn't have the right to. Because, again, they haven't done anything to demonstrate necessarily that they can't you don't have like the faculties but i wouldn't trust them with a gun you know (laughs) that's just me though i'm not i'm not going to suggest that that needs to be in the law like oh we have to think he's a swell guy to get a gun you know sure of course not but i think yeah definitely have your personal opinion of cops too even like oh god don't oh yeah yes we'll say yes but yeah the point (laughs) still being that like you need to like vet who's gonna walk the streets with a weapon in general so yeah and then like the stories of i forget where uh this exactly happened but it's basically a cop shoots a dude and they end up finding they end up looking into him and find out he like got fired from one law enforcement uh department and then like goes like three counties over and then gets hired by another and then ends up killing somebody because like they they fired him because he was unfit for that job, but then he just applies for a new one. And then of course you always have those fucking like roided out fucking crew cut tribal tat fucking cops just fucking ready to go, like fucking give me a reason, buddy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those aren't people I want protecting our. Fuck no. Yeah. I mean, that I, I always go back to this. It was a couple of years ago, but that guy who was in the hallway and he was like, get on the ground, stand up, spread your feet. You know? oh, yeah. And, Black guy. Yeah. And he had the, the engraving just, on the side of his butt. Sock. He led. Yeah. That's, that was, that's what it was. Right? Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's someone who's just looking to shoot another human. Like they're not looking to keep people safe. That's. I don't know, and and there there is a problem too. They'll they'll like shuffle people around to other police departments after shooting happens that wasn't necessarily justified, and then the same thing will happen. And I'm like, oh, how could that happen? I'm shocked. Like, I'm like, I understand it to a certain extent where like police got to protect each other, 
But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's like you blatantly murder somebody. The fucking whole brotherhood thing kind of goes out the goddamn window. <laughs> like, I, I ain't got your back. Yeah, no, fuck no. I think, like, they like they have a very difficult job, and I don't think anyone denies that. But yeah. it's like you're still accountable to the public, and 100%. you can't just ignore that. So I, I, I think. I don't want to go into the whole like police brutality thing, but like I think that is an issue right now that the accountability there is just not been met. It's a huge issue in a lot of places. Oh man, yeah, it just it's whack. There's so many other examples I could talk about too. There's someone posted in 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 the group uh, yesterday. It was a, a an old man shot a puppy that wandered into his his yard with the owner's daughter. Within, I think it was like eight feet of the dog. Oh my just god! Just domed the dog. I'm like, that man does not need a gun. He is a, he's, yeah. he shot. No, he shot in the direction of like a 13 year old girl, at a puppy. I don't care if he was on his property. That's that's a nap violation. You're a dick. Like yeah, <laughs> like your dog being on the property property like, is like, oh, I can shoot it now. Like that's yeah. that's not how this works. That is not an appropriate and measured response. <laughs> He's like, oh, the puppy growled at me. I'm like, fucking get over it then. Yeah, right, like, you big pussy. <laughs> like, shoot it. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, then I don't get why there's such a big problem with cops fucking shooting dogs. Half the time, it's like a fucking Pomeranian chihuahua, or some That shit. chihuahua that that guy shot? Man, that was... Yeah, it's because their adrenaline's going and they're in tense situations and they make mistakes. That, I think that's... I don't know if that's always the situation, though. It's not always. I think it's also like, fuck this person. Ba-bloom! Fuck yeah, your they, dog. Certainly some remorselessness in that, too, but... Yeah. I, I, can, I can sympathize with that, though. Like, you kick down somebody's door and you don't know what's on the other side. Oh, yeah. I'm not You're defending fucking... them. I'm saying that they, like, like mess-ups happen. But... True. True. I can agree People make mistakes. No one's perfect. I'm not assuming that everything's always going to go perfectly and Everybody every judgment's going to be. But that, you know, if you're going to put yourself in a position where that you have that much power, you need to be right 99% of the time. You know? Yeah. You can't. That 1% that you're wrong, someone or something dies that didn't have to, or, you know, you throw someone in a cage that didn't need to be in a cage. And you've officially gone way overboard. It's not its not like being a normal person, you know, normal human being, where it's like, oh, I messed up my filing of my paperwork. It's like, oh, I accidentally pulled the trigger and unalived someone, you know. Yeah. A, bit, a bit different. <laughs> yeah. Kind of going on that point, too, like, Brian, you were mentioning how, like, they don't know what's behind the door. Like, we've been talking about gun ownership too and the right to protect yourself do you think there's any conflict like especially in modern day america like with the the teeth that the law enforcement now have and citizens trying to defend themselves with firearms because it seems like a lot of times just bad endings happen just by virtue of a firearm even being present and a lot of people would say like with the whole kaepernick thing and whatnot it happens disproportionately to minorities and whatnot uh, yeah, the militarization of a police is a huge issue. I, I mean, this is probably the most recent one, so I always come back to it. But the the two people in Houston, they had a no-knock warrant put against them, which I will always fucking hate the fact that no-knock warrants are a thing in Texas. That is such horse shit. Don't even get me started. But they, knock, they kicked this person's door down, 
And then he was like, oh my God, someone kicked my fucking door down. And he gets his gun out. Cops see he has a gun, immediately start shooting. And he doesn't know it's cops. For all he knows, it could be someone trying to rob him. And so they start shooting at him. And he says, well, fuck it. They've already started shooting at me. I doubt they're going to stop. <laughs> I'm assuming. And then he starts shooting back. Uh, they kill kill him. Wife comes out. She reaches for the shotgun. And then they, they dome her right there. And uh, man, like it turns out none of the charges against them had any evidence to support them. And uh, two people lost their lives. And, and, you know, perhaps if he didn't have a gun, he wouldn't have died. Right. Uh, but then, you know, it's like, OK, now we've just removed one issue then instead of instead of the situation was put to where this became an issue to begin with. If the cops didn't kick his fucking door down, he wouldn't have been put into this problem. So I don't think removing the guns there would have made it could have made it better. I don't think it would have made it not an issue, though. You could have de-escalated it, but maybe not. I think the incompetence on the part of the law enforcement there is probably to blame. But then I think of stuff like Flando Castile, for example, where he even notifies the officer that he's got a weapon and does it to, like, try to, you know, make sure he's not alarmed if he spots the firearm and then ends up getting shot by it. It's It's just people are just not sure what to say when, like, you do everything right and still end up getting shot over it. I know there's lots of people who don't want to get concealed carry permits because uh, if you have a concealed carry permit, at least in Texas, you're obligated by law to tell like uh, to tell the officer like, hey, I have a weapon, blah, blah, blah. And then immediately we'll put a cop on edge. I've seen it happen every time you tell them like most. OK, that's not true. I think I've seen once where the guy was like, oh, OK, that's cool. You got your concealed carry permit, whatever. Right. Most of the time they take a step back. They look around the car like, OK, where's the location? Do you have any other guns? And I'm like, dude, I just I ha like if I never told you, we could just get through this traffic stop and I wouldn't shoot you. You know, it's like it's not going to change anything because I told you that I have a gun yeah. at this point. It's more just the fact that that thought will pop into their head and like they want to finish their shit go home at the end of the day they're worried about what could happen to them they probably have plethora of anecdotes from other officers talking about situations like that gone wrong so i think it, it is tough like their natural disposition is going to be distrust but like i don't know they've they've got to be held to a higher standard nonetheless yeah. so it's just not easy oh man it's it's a it's it's rough. It's rough. I mean, I'm glad we agree about that. I got into a really, really, really heated. Uh, I tried to keep it as cordial as possible, but this guy's just like full thin blue line. And man, we got at it. We got at it about some of this stuff because uh, you know it's like his his brother's like a cop, and he's like not all cops, man. And I'm like, doesn't fucking matter if it's all cops, you know? I'm a minority of them, but it's like it's still an issue. Like when, you know, law enforcement abuses their power, it has to be addressed. Huge issue. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, switch up subjects. Yeah. Move on to another, uh, yeah, I'm totally yeah. cool. If you dip, just whenever you, you spit, just, can you just like turn your head a little okay. bit? Yeah, yeah, you're, no, you're good. I just want to make sure so that people aren't like, I run to the bathroom real quick. No, you're good, man. We'll take a quick break. You're fine. I What's the uh, next topic? Um, well, we could talk about whatever you like, uh, but I think the the next one I had on the the message uh, I don't remember the was order. Was it Cohen? 
Uh, I mean, do you even want to talk about Cohen? Do you no, have anything really. you want to say about that? Briefly. Yeah. Okay. Not too much, probably, but yeah. All right, I'll be right back. Okay. All right. So that was the first part of our talks with Derek. Uh, absolutely fantastic uh, episode. Definitely one of my favorites that I've done uh, for the live stream and especially for the podcast. Very good stuff said. If you enjoyed the show, please go ahead and find us on Facebook, uh, Liberty After Dark. And you can join the community group from there under the community group tab to stay more up to date. You can now access www.libertyafterdark.net, but I got to do some work on it. So don't expect it to be up to date at this moment. You can reach me at contact at libertyafterdark.net. And uh, please don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast provider. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play. Pretty much if you can think of a podcast distribution network, we're on there. So I appreciate you guys being here for this first part. Please check out the other two. They should already be released by the time you're listening to this. So I hope you guys enjoy all of it.